Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill, and brought to you by On Tap Sports Set. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on socials at BeatOn300. And today, we're going to be breaking down the 27 to 24 Boneyard victory up in Chestnut Hill against the Boston College Eagles. The boys went out there with one thing in mind, and they got it done by any means necessary. It did get a little ugly at the end, and it ended up going to overtime. But a win is a win. Like Coach Hammock said in the press conference, and like he usually likes to say throughout the season, as long as we find a way to make one more play and win the game by one more point than our opponent, nothing else matters. And they were able to do that to the tune of the 18th time that NIU has knocked off a Power 5 conference the 18th bone has been added to the yard. And honestly, like, until the second half, maybe even, like, the second half of the second half, right, like, third, middle of the third quarter on, everything was all right. Like, obviously, we didn't score a lot of points. The offense was moving the ball, and they were controlling the clock, which is something that Coach Hammock loves. And he had alluded a little bit to in the po- in the postgame presser, about the new rules where the clock continues to run unless it's the last two minutes of the first half and the last two minutes of the game. The time of possession battle was won by 13 entire minutes. We had the possession for 36 minutes and 53 seconds at Boston College 23.07. Moorhead in the first half really wasn't that dude, but when they brought Castellanos in in the second half, I know that one play that he was running around in the backfield and ended up finding the completion reminded me a lot of Doug Flutie, but they were able to – scurry up some points there in the second half and able to get back into the game. And then obviously at the end, we kind of just conceded the fact that the game was going to go to overtime in which it did. And you need one stop from your defense or at least make them kick a field goal and then try and go down and get the touchdown. And fortunately for us, their offense ran out of juice in overtime, able to get the stop. Brock Lampy makes a huge catch to set us up first in goal when we get the ball. And then we run it down to about the two-yard line. And Rocky Lombardi, in his first game back after missing the entire, almost the entire season last year, takes it over the top. Rocky over the top. Huskies win the ball game 27-24 to 24 on the road. And honestly, a very emotional moment for Rocky. He said in the post-game press conference he didn't know if he was ever going to play football again after his injury last year and that, that that moment meant a lot to him. And he said he was emotional. And this is a guy, you know, that's played a lot of college football. So that's a very moving moment. And then in my aspect, too, for me, this is a guy that I share the mic with once a week up at Fatty's. This is a guy that I consider a close friend of mine, a great quarterback, someone that always took the time to listen to my mom's stories, knowing what my mom was going through and always took the time uh, to talk with her when we had our show. So for me as well, a very emotional moment. I was, you know, me and my brother before the play, we were holding each other arm by arm. And I kind of just knew before I was like, Rocky's going to get the touchdown. Rocky's going to get the touchdown. And sure enough, he did. And the Huskies won the ball game. The Bill Baker call was poetry in motion. I got to see Bill yesterday up at work because uh, I worked with him at the Kane County Cougars. And uh, what a good start to his final season in the radio broadcast booth. I really look forward to seeing uh, what we're able to do this weekend against Southern Illinois. But, like, let's talk about this performance, right? Like, the defense came to play. They performed out of their mind. And Coach Hammock talked about it in the press conference that they were just really able to develop themselves throughout the year a little bit older, a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, and a little bit wiser. 
And they really controlled the tempo of this game from the very beginning. Um, Boston College didn't score in the entire first half. It was a first half shutout. They were able to find 21 in the second half and then three in the overtime period. But third down efficiency, they were only six to 17. We were able to nap 10 of 18, which is good for about, I'd say like 58%. We outran them and we outgained them by 24 total yards. We outpassed them too. And Rocky wasn't on his best game, obviously, with it being his first game back. He's a little bit rusty. He's got to shake off some of the rust. But if we don't win that game if he doesn't make the plays that he makes in that game, right? Like we dealt with what we dealt with last year without Rocky. And I think that Rocky brings a certain type of leadership. Obviously he is the oldest man in the, in the locker room or in the huddle, but this is a guy that's seen so much in college football. He's wise for the quarterback position. And I just think that the way, the one thing that stuck with me in the press conference, and I kind of saw it a little bit when, when we started to lose the lead and lose our composure is the guys sticking together. Now, last year, if you recall, Coach Hammond talked about people rooting for other people's successes, people being happy for each other, you know, when someone else makes a play. And he said they lost a little bit of that this year, but they were together, as together as they could be going into that game on Saturday. Minimal penalties, only four for 35, so a disciplined game. But you go on the road, you take on a Power 5 opponent in their house, and you made it your own for four quarters of football, and you're able to come away with a win in overtime. I know the traveling fans were happy. I saw there was a lot of red and black out there in the stands. That's a great sight to see. I really hope this weekend at Southern Illinois, there's a lot of red and black out there in the stands and making some noise because this team is going to give us a special season. Um, I already talked myself into 12-0, and 0, but that's another story for another day. I really think that the versatility that we have on the offensive side of the football, right? In the rushing game, there was eight different players that had carries in the game. Gavin Williams, 15 for 61. Ontario Brown, 16 for 53. He ended up having two touchdowns on the day. Brock Lampy, three for 14 and a tutty and some great catches in the passing game. Justin Lynch, we saw him rolled out in a little bit of a fullback role, and he also did have a passing touchdown. So, I mean, what a gadget guy. He, you know, a Lynch scoring a touchdown or throwing for a touchdown for NIU just feels right. And I'm happy that they were able to find a role for him that isn't the backup quarterback, something that's a little bit more hands-on. Casper had a rush for nine yards, Rocky six for seven, Billy and Trayvon both had some carries. But in total, the units or the unit as a whole, 48 rushes, 166 yards, three tunnies. Uh, through the air. We saw Rocky use some of his new weapons. Grayson Barnes looked good. Christian Carter looked good. He got the ball to Brock Lampy in important situations and dump-off situations that move the sticks for us. And to have a fullback that can catch passes out of the backfield is a very valuable thing to have. And also, too, I'd say to even have a fullback in today's era of football, fullback's a dying position. I know Coach Hammock and NIU will never lose the fullback, but to see that we have a very – productive one and a guy that could go out there and not only make his blocks, but catch a pass or, or grab you three yards in a cloud of dust. I absolutely love to see that. And I'm just very excited for this season. I think that all of us going into this week had like a Georgia tech feel about it. We thought that there could be some upset probability. I know Scott Van Pelt talked that anytime the boys from DeKal were getting nine points after a three and nine season, you always take them. And I know I tweeted out and said it on the page, you know, NIU money line. If you live out of state, 
hammer that shit. It was plus 285, a great bet. And honestly, it looked like it was never in doubt until overtime. And, you know, if you took it, that's good money for you. And I still think that NIU's probably anywhere from 15 to one to, to still maybe at 18 to one to win the Mac. And I think that's also a phenomenal value bet for our listeners that are out of state, but I just, I just think that it was one of my favorite NIU games in the time that I've been a, a fan or covering them. And for, for those of you who didn't know, you know, I wasn't an NIU fan until I started going to school there in 2018. So I don't have uh, as many years in this as you all do, but Y'all know I live and die with every snap. If you're my team, you're my team, and it's my alma mater. Um, and I just I just love the team that they have this year. And I was already talking with buddies about and, and friends and stuff like that about what game I want to go to and just go tailgate at. And I was like, you know what? It's going to be weird because we are on the alum side now. No more back of the U-Haul with the, with the DJ booth in the back and, you know, a giant tub full of beers that are lukewarm, but – I look forward to going to the adult side and seeing, you know, what kind of grill setups, barbecue, I know the yards over there, and it'll just be interesting. But I haven't figured out if that's going to be the Tulsa game or not. But I really am amped up about the way that this team started this season. And I'm also really happy um, just to see Coach Hammock and the coaching staff putting this team in the right positions to win. This is a game that was perfectly coached. It may not have been perfectly played, but the execution in the big moments when we needed it was perfect to me. And I know there's still stuff that we have to work out, kinks that we have to iron out and get better. But that's what this Southern Illinois game is for. Southern Illinois is probably going to give us their best shot. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's an in-state school uh, that we do get to play every now and then. But there's no reason why on Saturday they can't win that Southern Illinois game. But as mentioned in the press conference, this kind of sets the table and sets the tone for that matchup that they have in two weeks against Nebraska. And for those of you that watched, Nebraska lost a heartbreaker to Minnesota, and they played Deion Sanders in Colorado this week. So they could be 0-2, very desperate looking for a win in week three. But for me as a fan, I don't have too much to complain about in this game. I think you find a way to win a football game, you're huge underdogs, everybody counted you out. The players and the coach and Coach Hammond talked about it in the press conference. Who, where they basically said that you know it doesn't really matter what the media says or what the fans say or what anybody else says. The only thing that matters is what they believe in that locker room, and they believe they were going to win that game as they do in all these big spots. And they went out there and got the job done. And I couldn't be more proud of every man in that locker room. But on the offensive side of the ball. I think you got to go with the player of the game, and it's got to be Ontario Brown. Ontario Brown did end up going down with an injury in the third or fourth quarter. I can't remember. At some point in the second half, he came back for the overtime period. But we'll see how much his usage is this upcoming week going into Southern Illinois. As we have plenty of depth at the position, and there's no sense in risking an injury with Nebraska and Tulsa on the other side. So I got to give my hat off to him. I know I called A.B. and Rocky being the most important guys uh, pregame, but Ontario Brown actually went out there on Saturday and got the job done. Two touchdowns, phenomenal game from him. And I just look forward to seeing, like I said at the beginning of the season on the pre preseason show, I really look forward to seeing his ascension to the number one back in this offense. And also, too, um, 
I, for whatever reason, ended up watching the Texas Tech-Wyoming game. Okay, I bet on Texas Tech when I got off of work that night. And I'm sitting there watching, and I'm, like, trying to find Harrison Way Lee. He's obviously our former back. He transferred to Wyoming. And he, unfortunately, got hurt in camp, so he wasn't even able to suit up uh, for week one. You know what I'm saying? So I look forward to seeing how he does over there, and I wish him a speedy recovery. But Ontario Brown, no matter which way it would have happened, looks like he'd have been running back one going into this season if way we ended up staying because of the injury. So it is what it is. Wish him nothing but the best over there. And I'm really happy to see that Ontario put together a great game. And let's talk about Gavin Williams, right? Gavin Williams, they split the workload. Damn near 50-50, Ontario with 16 carries and, and Gavin with 15. Uh, Gavin edged him in the yard, 61 to 53, and he had a lot of 21. And I think that Gavin, similar to Ontario, runs with that tenacity and that really, like, he can run you over on any given play. And he has that power five pedigree. So this was a game that he went into knowing that he's played against this level of football player his entire time at the college football level. So it's not a environment or – these players are better than me situation is I'm going to go in there and I'm going to handle business because this is who I am. And, and if Ontario Brown is not able to play next week, more than comfortable with letting the other guys share the rock and figuring it out because we're going to win against Southern Illinois. So through the passing game, um, Obviously, there's going to be some stuff to work out. An entire receiver room full of new weapons, with the exception of Casper Rukowitz. And then you get Trayvon Rudolph back, who's coming back from injury. He only ended up having two catches on the day, but obviously it's good to see Trayvon get back on the stat sheet after such a gruesome injury that took away his season last season. And it's good to see Rocky get back out there. I think next week, going into the Southern Illinois game, it's going to be more of a balanced attack, I think. We really try to play bullet constrictor and bully ball in these games to where we're running the ball two out of every three plays because we want to control the clock and we want to keep the ball in our possession. So I think we'll see a little bit of a different game plan for the upcoming week, and I'll get into that on the show later in the week. But I'm really excited to see uh, which way this team goes. I think that, yeah, while we did win against the Power Five on the road, they can play a better game. Rocky can can definitely throw the ball for over 300 yards on any given Saturday. So I look forward to seeing when we have like a 300 yard pass line and a 200 yard rush line. But for this game, the stats didn't need to be there. It was by all accounts, a a low scoring game until the fourth quarter and overtime. So I think that as this team ascends and, and gets more comfortable into the team that they are for this season, we'll see them more successful through the air. But they combined for a 14 of 30 on the day between Rocky and Justin, uh, 172 yards and a touchdown. Rocky's QBR was 58. And then obviously Justin's is inflated because he only had the one pass, but his was 78. So got the job done. We're able to get us a win, but you know that we're going to get that like signature Rocky Lombardi game. And I honestly hope it happens against Nebraska. I do think that there will be some sort of rotation next week. We're not going to see the starters for all four quarters. So it was really good uh, to get in this rhythm in this first game and just continue our identity of being a hard-nosed, three yards and a cloud of dust team. And hats off to the defense, right? I haven't even got to the defense. And I think that the performance that they put out there on Saturday – 
I know Boston College scored 24 points, but I say it every year. You can still be a good college football defense and give up 24 points a game because at the end of the day, this is an offense on the other side of the ball that's going to be around 27 to 30, if not more, week in and week out. So I think that if you have a defense that can hold them to 21 to 24 points a week, you're in a good position. And I think that there was guys out there flying around, making plays. The leader in tackles on the day was Deron Gilbert, followed by Jacob Finley and Rasheed Thomas, who was well, – there's, there's a four-way tie actually with five so for second. So Deron Gilbert first, uh, Jacob Finley, Rasheed Thomas, C.J. Brown, and Nate Val, Valcarso, um, who had the pick too and almost had a second one that – who ended up having the pick. And, and honestly, I, I had not anticipated him starting. This was a guy that was a transfer player, a walk-on. But as we've seen throughout the years, Coach Hammock and his staff always reward good effort in their walk-ons and turn it into a scholarship kid out there. He played his absolute heart out. And I look forward to seeing his growth, too, in that secondary because if you got him back there playing safety and C.J. Brown – and you got Devin Lafayette also and Jordan Hansen as the, you know, the second string or rotational guys. I really, really like the strength of the, the safety portion of our secondary. And the quarters look good as well. Javon Bird had an interception. Um, Amarian Knighton was in on some tackles. Joshon Prophet, Jade Dolphin out there. I know he's a linebacker, but his first game at captain, he had two tackles. Like, I just really think that the defense – they see the shit that we talk and they see the stuff in the paper and, and, and hear the stuff that people like me say on shows and they know they're a better unit. And they went out there and shut us all up on Saturday. And like I said about the team, I'm more proud of the defense than I am almost any other unit or player on this team because the defense's back was against the wall all season last year. And even the year that we won the MAC championship, wasn't a top map unit. They were able to go out there on Saturday and control the tempo. They were getting off the field on third down more often than not. And in my time covering this team and having this podcast, that's not usually the case. So I couldn't be more happier for them. I'm very happy for Coach Hemick. I also want to shout him out too because he looks like he he got into really good shape for this season. So I, I wonder – if Coach Junie's got him in the work in the workout room working out with the team, but he looks happy, he looks healthy, he looks like he's ready to go kick some ass. And I am very excited to see what he does with the chip on his shoulder this year. Because if you remember last season at the end of the year, there was a statement released that basically saying that this season was not acceptable, kind of lighting a fire under our coach's asses. So very excited for another. Um, prove everybody wrong tour by, you know, by yours truly coach Thomas Hammock, because the last time we were in this situation was after the 0 and six year. what we do go out and win a Mac championship. And honestly, everybody that I saw tweeting about the game, everybody that I've talked to about the game has already started talking about Detroit. We haven't even played a mid American game yet. So absolutely love to see that. Uh, we definitely had the biggest win in the back this weekend. Uh, I just, things are pointing up. Like, last year is last year. It's gone. And Coach Hammock said it perfectly. And Jane Dolphin said it perfectly in the press conference. We have 24 hours to enjoy this one. And then we are on to Southern Illinois. And that's what they're on.
They're getting ready for Southern Illinois uh, this upcoming weekend at Husky Stadium. The game's going to kick off at 2.30. I'm still trying to get my shift covered for Tuesday morning. I'm coming to you live from Labor Day. I'm an idiot and for some reason thought that we were going to be able to squeeze in our first live show at Fatty's this Tuesday. So I took the morning off or I said I could work the morning, couldn't work at night. The show, I do not believe, will be going on this Tuesday. I think we got to push it back one week because there's still stuff that needs to be ironed out on the NIL side. But now I am in a little bit of a kerfluffle. And then also, too, Saturday, the team that I work for made the playoffs, and that's uh, game three if necessary at 6.30. So I have a lot going on this week. Um, I will put out a preview episode. It just I'm going to give this one a couple of days to breathe, you guys couple days to hear this one and hopefully if I'm able to get to the press conference I know I'll be able to get some interviews so I'd rather have interviews on an episode previewing our next opponent than just me talking for a half hour because those episodes are always better but on the defensive side of the ball I think for me I think I have to give it to Nate. Nate played well uh, he, he, he plays with a lot of heart too I think he He's one of those guys that's a high-intensity effort guy, and that's the reason why he ended up on scholarship, and he, tr- he parlayed that into a starting role with five tackles and an interception in his first start. Not much more you can ask for from the kid. Super happy for him and super excited to see uh, where he goes this season in his career at, at NIU. But like I said, uh, late episode coming to you live from Labor Day. I'm going to work on this, edit it down. It'll be available. You'll be able to hear it on your morning commute Tuesday, and I'd look for a newer episode previewing the game for Saturday around Thursday, but it was a great week of college football, a damn good week to be a Husky. Make sure if you uh, have any Boston College fans in your in your friends group, you go check on your people because the stuff that I was seeing on Twitter, their season is over, this, that, and the third. They basically handled it how Georgia Tech handled it, so Really happy for the guys, really happy for the coaches, for the staff, and for us fans. We had a very tough year last year, and it's good to see that the team was able to get off to a hot start, find a way to go out there and win a football game on Saturday, and I will find a way to get you guys the best possible podcast to preview that game on Saturday. But I really do appreciate you guys all for you know tuning in with us these first few episodes of the season as they aren't as traditional, no interviews yet. Obviously, we had some off-season interviews with Rocky, Braden Patton, J.J. Whippy, stuff like that. But hoping to get this shift covered tomorrow, and then we'll be on and popping for this season. And Fatties, the, the kinks and stuff should be ironed out by next week. So we'll hope to be at Fatties by next Tuesday for the first live show. I just got done talking to Rocky about it the other day. He's super pumped to get back out there meet some fans, take some pictures, talk some football, and, you know, just have a good dinner and enjoy some brotherhood with his teammates because, you know, they do always get their O-line dinner over there. But, again, we always appreciate you guys for hanging with us and and chatting it up, talking NIU football. Uh, We'll be back with you guys in a few short days. Uh, Enjoy this week. We get a little bit more time to enjoy it than just 24 hours because we're not on the team. But enjoy this win. But remember that we still have to go out there and take care of business against Southern Illinois this weekend. I really do appreciate you all. Follow us at Huskies on Tap on social and follow me at BDON300. We'll be back with you guys a little bit later in the week. And go Huskies. I got drinks on living left in the kitchen whipping magic. I got drinks on living left in the kitchen whipping magic. Bad bitch, bad habits. We 
got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Twelve put me over, coming with it. The, they took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping it hard away. Jumping it hard away.